Yeah, it's dinner and pleasure at the same time. Right. <laughs> Me eating a McDonald's. <laughs> Welcome back to Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today we're recording a very special episode, the one in which we are actually battling our very own monsters <gasps> because we are finally discussing, and I had to look down at the cover of my book to know the title of this one. <laughs> we always call it Crescent City. But the real title of this book is actually House of Earth and Blood. Did you know that, guys? <laughs> I just feel like it should have been House of Blood and Earth. It just, like, feels like it sounds, you know, more accurate. Yeah, but how do you remember that it's Earth and Blood? Like, that, those are the words that I forget. Yeah. I'm like, House of something something, but, yeah, like, Crescent same. City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's the Crescent, first City Crescent City for me, City. I always refer to it as Crescent City. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So that's what we read for today. This has been a long time in the making, <laughs> um, but we're finally here. So yeah. first off, how about we tell you what it's about? I mean, if you don't already know. it. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's by Sarah J. Mass, by the yes. way. I'm pretty sure I forgot to say that, but like, <laughs> you knew, right? Okay. Um. So the story starts off with our main character, Bryce Quinlan, and she's very much like... Um, likes to have fun type of girl and she's working hard all day at this antiquity shop owned by her boss Jezeba and um quite early on in the book we meet her best friend Danica and they've known each other since university days and they've just been like really close until really early on in the story um her best friend and her pack because they're all werewolves they sadly die by a demon that, you know, it's assumed it's a demon. They're murdered. Murdered. <laughs> they don't yes, just sorry. die. They're decapitated. Viciously <laughs> murdered by mm -hmm. a demon. And uh, just leaving Bryce very alone and just full of grief and sadness. Um, and then it jumps two years later until she finally decides to um, pursue this case because they don't know what happened she just the case gets reopened again because this demon's back killing and she gets teamed up with hunt who is a fallen angel he's now enslaved to he's the archangel fallen angel he's an angel he's a malachi or whatever the fuck they call but he's him. like a fallen angel because of his he's rebellion a slave. he's a what he was he's a slave but i don't think that they call them fallen angels oh it's in the synopsis though oh well, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll trust the synopsis, but I'm pretty sure the words "fallen angel" don't appear a single time. Okay, in fine. The book. He is. A, a Let slave. me see if it does appear in the book. Continue. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Always the fact checking. checker over there. Anyways, he's now enslaved to the archangels, and the archangel leading their city is Micah, and um. He is his slave owner. So basically, Hunt needs to 
kill a certain amount of people for this guy in order to be free. And he is tasked with working with Bryce to find who killed Danica, who steal, stole this horn, um, which is like this magical um, symbol for these people. And um, I also did not mention Bryce is half a, and uh, she is. But anyways, her father, the Autumn King, wants this horn for his own purposes. Um, so Bryce is working with Hunt to find out what happened, but also her brother Rune, her half-brother, is on the sidelines there. And yeah, Bryce and Hunt dig deep into Crescent City's underbelly, and there's dark powers, there's betrayal, there's love, there's friendships, there's like everything going on in the story, and where does it go? We'll see. We already know. <laughs> Ta-da-da! Um... All right, so should I go f- go first since uh, yeah, you've been waiting okay. to talk about it since twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, the year that shall never be discussed ever again. <laughs> um, yeah. So this was actually my second time reading it. I had to reread this book <laughs> because sorry, um, sorry, my two co-hosts over there have waited. I was afraid. Okay, Listen, I waited months thinking that we would all read it, and then they didn't. And so I had to reread it, what, a year later? To be um, fair, I've tried this book twice. I think when you finished it the first time, you're like, you're going to love it. And um, I tried it, and I couldn't get into it. Long story short, um, I really enjoyed reading this book. I will say, as is typical with all of Sarah J. Mass's, uh first books in her series, they tend to be not the best one in the series just because, you know, there's a lot of work to do. You know, she's setting up a whole new series here, so a whole new world. So there's a lot of world building to be done. So I always find the first, like, 250 pages of this book or so uh, quite uh, dry in parts just because there's just a lot of information. But you do understand by the end of the book why it needs to be there and like it is there is a payoff and you know all of this to say (laughs) I really enjoyed this book I really enjoy the characters I think that Bryce is a great heroine which is not like you know unlike the other uh heroines that Sarah J Maas has put out there Mm -hmm. um and I will say you know I feel like we have to acknowledge that uh Sarah J Maas is kind of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for controversial figure in the book world mm-hmm. uh whether it's justified or not is not a conversation that we're gonna have but uh I will say that one thing I think everyone can agree on or at least I hope everyone can agree on is that she she writes stories about women that are powerful and emotional and complex and she never shies away from making her heroines both have flaws and strengths and she doesn't shy away from true flaws you know it's never just like oh she's a little clumsy you know or oh she's a little jealous you know like she actually dives deep into just how ugly Mm -hmm. we're allowed to be as women you know and she doesn't shy away from that. And she gives them powerful journeys every single time that are cathartic to read about, that are uh, 
satisfying. Mm-hmm. So you always feel like you did take away something from it. And, you know, sometimes her books are just reduced to, oh, it's just a bunch of smut with hot ass men, which there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do feel like it undermines the power that can be found yeah. in the the female journeys that these women the 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 empowering journeys that these women go on Mm -hmm. so that for me is the strength in every single one of her books and it this one is not you know any different i think that bryce's story is very powerful and this one's about grief and Mm -hmm. she goes in on that and it's ugly you know there's ups there's downs and bryce does things that she regrets at times and yeah. yeah I just I commend her for that no matter what else you can say about her at least I think we can all agree that that's great no I agree with that and like you said uh, this book really focuses on on grief and I feel like Sarah J Mass for like a lot of her stories she talks about those conversations that people don't have you know like I just feel like it's an outlet for people where maybe it's not something that you talk about in your household or maybe it's not something you feel comfortable talking about so maybe seeing it play out on page um, which Sarah J. Mass always does, not just with grief, but, like, with substance abuse, with, like, depression mm-hmm. and, like, anxiety and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I just, like, I don't know. I just, I love how she portrays that on page. So that's my opinion. How about you guys? <laughs> Do you want to go, Seth? No, you can go. Do you want to uh, go? I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. No, for me, I... I really loved it. It didn't take me the full 200 pages to get into. I think maybe like the first 100 were a little bit hard, especially mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. first two chapters of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's jarring for what for some weird reason. Yeah, it's very jarring. So I did the audiobook and I had to re-listen okay. to the first two chapters, like maybe almost two or three times, oh, just really? to kind of. Wow. Yeah, because it wasn't nothing that was said was sticking. So I had to pull out my book and I had to go on like along to kind of comprehend what the hell they were she was talking about. But um, no, I ended up really loving this book. Um, Everything you girls said about grief and about Bryce, everything you girls said about Bryce, like I completely agree. I love the fact that she wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. She had her flaws and like her struggles and, like, I feel like I related a lot with her. I loved Rune, Hunt. All the um, men. <laughs> all the men. Uh, no, <laughs> one of my favorite, like, side characters is Lahaba. Oh, yeah. yeah. And let me tell you, if you've read this book and if you know what happens to Lahaba, like, I... I mean, you should not be listening to this if you haven't read no. the book. Yeah, true. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There will be a lot of spoilers here. Yes. So. so if you know what I'm talking about, like that chapter towards the end, I think yeah. like 79 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't sobbing like you would think like I would be like, but like I like tears were just like running down my eyes. Uh-huh. And like, I think just I felt a slow asleep. cry. Just a slow cry. <laughs> and I'm just like, it, it felt horrible. And anyways, just all this to say <laughs> that I really loved the book and I loved how it ended. And I feel like it was a journey for Bryce. And yeah. I feel like towards the end, you kind of saw her overcome yeah. everything yeah. she was struggling with. Um, I think it's very much a beginning. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like you end this book and now the story starts. Yeah. You know, she had to go on this journey to actually find herself, discover mm-hmm. who she is, you know, get past a couple things yeah. um, emotionally. 
And now the story is about to start. But, yeah. and I have no idea where the fuck it's going. I have no idea. I know. I'm happy Same. about that. <laughs> Same. But yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Seth? Um, okay. So like I said, it I tried this book twice before and I could not get into it. And it just, like we all said, it became a monster. Um, mm-hmm. And I struggled with like the first, I think... I think it was 150 pages for me I struggled with, like, a lot. I didn't know what was happening. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to forget about all the information and just, like, Mm -hmm. read to, like, understand the characters and not the world. And, like, that really helped me in the beginning of the story. And then once I hit the part where Hunt and Bryce actually started interacting and, like, you know, talking on page, I was hooked. And, yeah, I just, Mm -hmm. like, both of you girls said, this book was really powerful in terms of, like, the emotion it evoked in me as a reader and it had me crying I was crying for a lot mm-hmm. of it um and I just felt like I don't know how to describe it but I just I felt like a lump was like in like the back of my throat as I was reading a lot of it because of how heavy the material is and I don't know I just felt so much with these characters and I usually do with Sarah J Maas but like I feel like with this one it just felt different because of I don't know how grief was written here I just feel like her losing Danica was more than her just losing her best friend. She said this numerous times, but yeah, the pain that it, was it like caused losing her. half of her soul. Yeah. yeah, and she even spoilers. She gives up her place in the afterlife for this person. She does, and it's just like yeah. it's heartbreaking to see her so broken at the beginning of the story, and then like you realize how far she's come by the end of it, and you also realize how much she's dealing with on her own without her even talking to Hunt. Like she didn't really have an outlet anymore. Until she, like, obviously let Hunt in. But anyways, that's all being said. I really enjoyed it. I struggled with a lot of it, like, in the midpoint, too. I just felt like it got really slow. But um, I, I picked back up, and I was on it again. And I did, guys. I did, as I was writing my notes, change my rating to a four-star. It went up a star, Interesting. Guys. I mean, the last, like, 300 pages of this book, it's, like, where the book lives. Yes. You know, that's yeah. where it really picks up and, like, it gets really intense and there's, like, twists and then turns yeah. and mm-hmm. shit, shit is going down and, like, you just don't know what the fuck's going to happen yeah. and you start crying. No, you <laughs> honestly, like, part. I don't even, I was, like, pinned to my book. It was before, mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. around Christmas time we were reading it and... I had to do Christmas stuff. I had to clean the house. I had to wrap presents. I had to do this and this and this. And I I was like, no, no, no. I have to finish this book and then I'll do all yeah. of that. I will say, though, that there is one instance, which we will discuss later on because I will bring it up. Okay. There's one thing in this book that happens in those last 300 pages that I, when I read this the first time, I was so fucking pissed i don't think i've ever been this angry at a book and i had to put the book down for like two days straight i did not want to look at the book i thought it was hunt's foot fetish i'm not shaming anyone's kink but i mean it just came (laughs) out oh my god the foot fetish made me so mad i was like (gasps) what feet that's what you like let the men be seth let the men be i know if he wants to have a foot fetish then he's allowed to have a foot fetish okay uh, I will say, though, um, I also want to say that one thing I remember struggling with uh, when I read it the first time was Danica oh. in those early chapters. I didn't like Danica okay. in the early chapters. I, could see I that. will say, though, that I think it's a great example. It doesn't matter if you like her or not, you know, because mm-hmm. 
all that matters is that she mattered to Bryce. Yes. She mattered so much and she was so important to her and, you know, vice versa. And I like I actually like that about the book. I like that I never quite liked Danica, mm-hmm. but I understood that she was super important to Bryce and that my opinion in the matter doesn't fucking matter, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I kind of like that the book tells me that in a weird way. I know that that <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> I don't matter. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> no, I like I felt that as well with her. And and it wasn't that I didn't like her. It's just there were parts about her that annoyed me and I don't know I don't know why. Um, but I love the love that Bryce had for her. Yeah, I don't know why either. And maybe that's something that maybe that just shows something we need to work on as far as like what we accept or find likable and what isn't. And, you know, I'm 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 fully aware that that, that might be what that means. And, yeah. you know, I'm not I, I've said this a million times on the podcast before. I am not perfect as much as I wish I was. No, of course not. I'm not perfect at all. So, you know, I'm aware that I might judge some people more harshly yeah. because their values or what they do with their life doesn't quite align with yeah. what I do with mine. And mm-hmm. that's something that I probably should work no, on. No. I think for me, though, it was more so learning about Danica's actions seemed very, like, suspicious. And, like, because we don't really get to see the side that Bryce loved and knew about her until close, like, closer to the end of the story, that's when, like, you see, like, the close bond that they have and all of that. But, like, beforehand, all you just see is, like, what everyone's telling her about Danica. But not just Danica, though. I feel like with, at least for me, everybody else, in regards to not liking Danica during the beginning, I felt like my feelings, it wasn't just towards Danica. Like, it was towards everybody else. Like, I was suspicious of everybody. Like Connor? No, not Connor. Okay. Except, ah, Connor. Fuck Connor. I don't No, stop. I, I, we can talk about it. Okay. I, I have nothing against him per se, but we can talk okay. about it later on. Okay. Do you um, think the reason why maybe you didn't like Danica was the person Bryce was with her? Could that be it, maybe? Are you talking to me? Either. Uh, me, yeah, maybe you. No, actually, no. You like Danica, right, Us? I like I liked Danica. I didn't have issues. I had issues with everybody else outside of, like, all her other friends and, like, people that she was involved with after yeah. the death of Danica. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I guess just well, you. I mean, it could be. It could be. But also, what S said makes a lot of sense. You know, at the beginning of the book, I mean, for freaking 80% of the book almost, we don't know a lot. Because Bryce yeah. herself is hiding a lot of stuff from mm-hmm. us as the readers, but from everyone else as well, obviously. And so the you get a lot of and she accepts a lot of the perception and opinions of others and applies them to herself and kind of believes them in a way Mm -hmm. or maybe just because they confirm to her something that she already believes about Mm -hmm. herself so she just takes them in you know and so as the reader it's hard not to take those in as well yeah you know um yeah, so maybe, you know, maybe the way that other people feel about Danica in those early days, you know, in the, the early stages of the book may influence how I feel about okay. her just because, you know, everyone else fucking hates her or, you know, calls her a party girl and calls mm-hmm. her, you know, selfish and blah, blah, blah. Yes. So it's also hard, you know, you become quite protective of Bryce and like it's hard because you know that this has brought a lot of pain yeah. to Bryce, you know. 
her her friendship with Danica. Did you were you done? Yeah, 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 I know. I'm done. Okay, so let's start our conversation then, and then let's just jump right into the beginning with Connor. Because <laughs> yeah, we just why don't you <laughs> like Connor? Tell us. Yeah. It's not Connor that I don't like. What I don't like is this whole mentality that because she accepted to go on a date with him now she's his yeah. and in the, the eyes of the pack she's his and now she's kind of like mm. not allowed to keep on shopping you know keep on yeah. looking keep on tasting and sampling i didn't like that yeah i agree with it that it really rubbed me the wrong way because you know how important to bryce her independence and like you know that even in the those first chapters you know but obviously it becomes even even more you know obvious as the book goes on that it's very her independence as a woman is extremely important to her mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it bothers me that that was just assumed even though they hadn't they hadn't yet gone on that freaking date you know she just said yeah they yeah they just agreed to a date they didn't like agree to be exclusive right away as soon as she said yeah let's go on a date and now she's a trash whore because she was fucking a guy in the bathroom of a club when her friends were dying but it's like how did she she how was she supposed to know know. yeah and like why is she suddenly a trash whore who betrayed connor because she was having sex with someone else Mm. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no, no, I get that's it. what I don't like because that's attached to him. And I don't know that that's not him. That's not he him. He probably wouldn't have minded, you know, yeah. but it's attached to the idea of him. So I don't like that. His brother got on my last nerve. I could not. Well, he fucking showed up at the end. Okay? Whatever. You showed up at the end after you verbally abused her. Okay. But you know, like, yes, he, to both. But to he both. reached out. He did. And he was the only one that actually left that fucking room, the summit, to go help her. And everybody just sat on their asses to watch. Oh, watching fine. a fucking okay. live feed. Whatever. But also, he, he reached points. out after. He did. Bryce didn't. True. Yeah. You know, he, he, he was the only one who called her or texted her and was like, are you okay? I heard what just happened, blah, blah, That's blah. That's true. I'm feeling a little lost. And she didn't reply. I feel like if out of anyone, if anyone has an actual grudge that I'm like, that's justified, mm-hmm. it's his. Okay. I can understand that he was hurt by that. He thought that they were close. He kind of saw her as like, you know, a little buddy. And mm-hmm. she didn't She didn't offer the, an- the, the hand when he asked for it. So... Fine, I guess I see it that way. I just don't like how my girl was treated. I don't even know where to start because I feel like this is a very dense it book. It is very dense. Yeah. A lot happens, but I guess we can talk about, unless you guys have like a specific scene in the beginning that like you actually want to talk about, but mm-hmm. uh, I was going to start with like just the bullying, harassment, slurs, whatever that... Bryce has to go through and how she kind of doesn't she doesn't let herself really experience her grief and she kind of just like locks it away and takes in whatever people are saying about her and she kind of goes down in a real on a really dark path yeah where she does you know at some point which we learn about later on in the book she did contemplate ending her life Mm -hmm. as a result yeah um, how did you guys feel about that in the beginning? You know, how 
she feels responsible for it. She feels she's to blame. I feel like it was really relatable. Yeah. Like that's what I related to of how, or her human side, you know, and my heart hurt for her. Yeah, I yeah, feel I like I'm getting emotional. I know, like, I'm thinking and I'm just like, <laughs> like, a lot of shit goes down in this. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff's happened happen in this book where you're just kind of, yeah. kind of thinking back, you're just like, shit. Like, actually, sat. how many pages is this? How many pages is this bad boy? 800? 800 pages, uh, yeah. What is that TikTok, that sound, emotional damage? Or have you seen that sound? <laughs> emotional damage. That's what this book was. Yeah yeah and it's slow it's a slower pace Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but to me in a weird way i think that that makes sense because grief is a slow process Mm -hmm. you know and so her own journey with it has to be a little bit slower yeah then you know she's not gonna get over it right away and also like if you constantly throw things at your characters then they're not allowed to have those moments Mm -hmm. where they're actually experiencing their emotions and like actually moving forward or you know no i agree with that yeah but for me um i think there the death of danica and her pack happened so high paced it was so violent it was just so in your face gory that like that moment of silence was like deafening Mm -hmm. i know i'm like i'm reading it but like the way you feel it you're like oh my gosh like she actually her life is on hold her life has not moved and she wasn't allowing herself to feel that pain. And she was just so isolated. She didn't even have her friends. Like, they were... One of her friends was surface-level friendship. I don't even know about her. What was her name? The one that she matter. actually both talked the, to. Both of them. Like, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the two other girls. Mm-hmm. Like, I hated them. Yeah. They were bad friends. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. They she were. had no one to talk to. And, like, she had, yes... Um, What's her name? Lahaba. Lahaba. She had her. Lahaba. But at the same time, she just wasn't allowing herself to be vulnerable with anyone. Yeah. This book explores a lot of, like, how do people deal with grief in different ways. Yeah. Or just how people deal with life, to be honest. Like, it's not just grief. I think every character here has something that they're working through in very different ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even Lahaba was working through a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lahaba. She rest in peace. Uh, May she rest in peace. (laughs) Yeah. May she rest in fire. Yes. Eternal fire. Yes. Yes. And smut. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And please give her her vampire werewolf uh, I hope. I hope show. she's in, she's in, um, I hope she's in heaven with, uh, like, eight males. I hope she has her own reverse hair. Yes. Yeah. She deserves she it. Deserved she deserved it. Oh. Um, but speaking of uh, people dealing with things, let's talk about Hunt a little bit, okay. you know. Um, yeah. How did you guys feel about their first scene together? Because Which one? Well, the very, very first, okay. after where the attack? he discovers her in the alley after she just saved mm-hmm. Micah, and he's stapling her fucking leg back together. <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about that? I feel like it's very unusual. I, I mean, I'm saying that. like, I feel like it's un- unusual for a meet cute <laughs> in a Sarah J. Bass novel. Like, you don't feel like they're going to be together, Mm-mm. do you? No. No. and Like, the whole beginning is weird. Yeah, and for me, I think the way it was written obviously was intentional, but, like, you feel mm-hmm. it. Like, you don't feel as characters that they're going to be together because they don't see themselves as ever being together, like, from the get-go. Mm. They're just like, I see you and I don't really care. Moving on. And then slowly, as the relationship progresses, you see them, like, help, like hold value within, like, one another. 
So like, yeah, mm-hmm. it just like it changes in the way it's written. It's you know, it's intentional. Exactly. Like it's very because obviously we see those parts from Hunt's POV if I remember correctly. At least yeah, like, the whole, like, I think so. Interrogation in the beginning, and it's very like clinical. You know, like he's not really adding any personal thoughts to it or like feelings about how he's feeling about what Bryce is going through or like her reactions like he's kind of just telling us how she's reacting and there's really no you don't get a feel of what he's actually feeling but that makes sense because like you said at this point that's he's just doing his job Mm -hmm. like that's literally all he's doing he doesn't care what happens to Bryce he doesn't give a fuck and he's just doing his job so he's describing it to us that way but it is kind of different because we're not used to that you know we're really used to uh her meat cutes being full of intensity (laughs) uh you know people hating each other right away you know there's always tension right away between Mm -hmm. bryce and hunt there isn't the tension kind of creeps in later on later on he comes to her with his prejudices Wait, what do you mean? Like, he is, like, he full-on believes she's, like, vapid, party girl. Like, he has nothing, mm-hmm. on, like, going on with her. And, yeah, and then he just, like, fills his head with that. And then when they're, yeah. you know, doing their case together, he just doesn't think she could be a good partner. Yeah, I think the tension starts for me when he realizes that, you know, that scene where, like, he sh- he shadows her the whole day. And then, like, she goes and gets her nails done yes. and, like, does all these, like, really, you know superficial things girly things and he's like okay she's just like a fucking whatever yeah but then she turns around and and like shows him what What she was actually doing yeah Yeah. and then you start seeing that he's seeing her differently from that point on and that's where this tension actually starts because now they're kind of eyeing each other in a different way and i also feel like it happened earlier on i think their first meeting two years later where he sees her limp and he realizes he is the one that caused it. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, okay. Mm. He did do that. He did. He did do that. And then as, like, their emotions got stronger for one another, he, like, started hating himself for, like, what he did to her. Yeah. Mm. Loved it. <laughs> Can I ask something? Yeah. Of course. Do we believe he is the main love interest? Yeah. Yes. Let me tell you why. Thank you. I'm going to jump at the end, okay? (laughs) Tell me. I want to hear it. I have read God knows how many Sarah J. Mass books at this point. I've read them all, Mm -hmm. besides the Catwoman novel. Yeah, same. Which I forget even exists. But um, I know how she writes her main pairings, okay? There's there's certain words that she uses Mm -hmm. that she doesn't use when it's not the real guy do you have any examples at the end there was all this talk of like we are a mirror of each other you know Mm -hmm. there was all this this talk of like rune being like whatever he is to her you know it was like your dot 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 whatever hunt is to her Mm. i was like sarah 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 I've read eight billions of your books. I know what you're doing here. You want me to wonder what he is to her. And I will also say that the fact that there is no sex in this book is also a positive. Because that means we're going to get it. Yeah, I agree with that point. The sex point. But I don't know. I just like the way that they're written. Yeah, it does feel like they're the, the end game couple. Like it just feels that way. And like you said, they very much mirror each other in this 
book. Their grief mirrors each other. Like, sure, he lost, like, the person he believed was the love of his life. And, like, you know, he just, he lost. We can talk about that. I have thoughts well, Yeah, we'll talk that. about it. Um, And he's very much in a broken place as well. He hasn't been given the time to grieve as well. He's not letting himself yeah. grieve just like Bryce. Uh, also, just, like, the whole, like, oh, I've been waiting for you my whole life. Oh, that scene! You know... <laughs> We'll get into that okay. scene, but, like, that whole scene, I could honestly probably reread, like, eight billion times, and I would cry eight billion times. Yeah. I just, that whole scene, you know, yeah. of her drop, but whatever. Her Let's drop was amazing. Let's okay. not get yeah. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Um, but we didn't really talk about Hunt, which you just, like, kind of mentioned, like, what he's actually going through. Yeah. So Hunt is, you know, a slave. Yeah, so he used to be um, a soldier, I guess, or whatever his title was in the army. Um, And, you know, he was filled with these, like, big ideas. Um, He got involved with a woman who was, you know, a higher up in the army. And, you know, she kind of opened certain doors for him and for him to you know make these ideas a possible reality and they lost and they failed Mm -hmm. and as a result him and a lot of other people uh were enslaved others lost their lives to this and yeah so he's how do you feel about hunt he was an interesting character I would say, because in a way you can see where he's coming from. Obviously, um, as the story progresses, he kind of like makes little comments about if he was given the chance again, would he rebel? And he was like, in a heartbeat, yes. And, you know, I just like, I love how Sarah J. Moss, I feel like in this book, her characters are, they're more gray. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, with Reese and, Fe- like, Feyre and even, like, Aelin and Rowan and, all, like, those, like, main characters, I still feel like they had, like, a certain trust between each other. And, like, they knew, like, you know, that they had certain things that they can't over, like, they can't, you know, go past. Like, there's no line. Like, they have lines, like, that they can't cross with each other. With this one, I just feel like it was more so, like, I... I want you, but at the same time, I want what I want. And, like, things happen. And I'm talking in particular where, like, his betrayal is very much known. And I'm not going into it yet. Or, yeah, don't go into but, it. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, that scene just kind of, like, hammers in that, like, they're more darker for me in a way. And I'm not making sense, but when we talk about it, I'll talk about it more. But No, but you are making sense. And you're actually making me realize something that I don't think I had realized till now. She's, she very much is into making her female characters quite, um, like I said at the beginning, you know, flawed with a huge journey ahead of them. Her male characters, the same, but I will say they aren't usually as, I wouldn't say that Hunt is morally gray, but he definitely fights for things that are not necessarily aligned. Mm-hmm. Or he wants things that aren't aligned. And he isn't necessarily ready to just let one thing go in order to have the other. Yeah. Um, And he's not beyond 
doing shady things to obtain that. And I will say that what I just realized is that I don't think that any of her other male characters have been like that. No. They usually are very much like ride or die for their woman and like what she wants is what they want. You know, they just want what she wants because they want to make her happy. Whereas here, Hunt doesn't... Well, I mean, he does want what Bryce wants, yeah. but he also wants what he wants. Yeah. And that those two things don't necessarily align. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. Thank you. So that's interesting. That actually makes me, makes, makes me appreciate his character a little bit more. Not that I didn't already, but mm-hmm. I will say, um, I don't remember when I mentioned this. Um, yeah, I don't remember what episode, but maybe you guys remember. I once said... That my only issue, oh, it was probably the Akasif uh, episode. <laughs> my one issue is that for me, Cassian and Hunt are a little similar. A I didn't get too that. Similar. No, I didn't feel it. I don't know. For me, it's really just like they're both like the jockey type. They're both like soldiers, commanders or whatever in a, in an army. They're both like dark haired, cocky, funny, but also like you know, hot when you want them to be. And, like, you know, not necessarily in, in their lives. But also, I mean, it is it is worth noting that Cassian, uh, his mom was a prostitute and she was killed and he was an orphan. Mm-hmm. And Hunt's story is not really different from that. So, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. You know, fundamentally they are different but there are similarities enough similarities for me that i'm like i wish they were just a little bit more different but if you ask me who i no you don't ask me actually <laughs> who do you prefer stop that right there who do you prefer <laughs> no, 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 no. we're not going down that path no 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 no, no. <laughs> never mind <laughs> um as what do you think about han's character i i liked him um I felt really betrayed when that whole situation went down. Everything that you girls said about him agreed. Um, I did like them. I felt a little betrayed. I'm actually really excited for the second book and to see how this, the story continues and how his character develops and his story. And I do see him being her love interest, but when it comes to Sarah J. Mass, I kind of don't trust her. Yeah, you don't know, right? But I feel like yeah. I get the vibes that they are. I have a question for you both. Yeah. Do you think Hunt lives up to Sarah J. Moss's other love interests? Speaking of Reese and Rowan, our main ones, our main ones, Reese and Rowan. Girl, do I even need to answer that question? <laughs> like, do you think like he like stands like not a chance against them, but like, are like is he? Do you think he's a part? Of, is there is it a trio now? Do you feel like it's a trio of like main Sarah J. Mass man? Not with Hunt, but with Rune. I feel like Rome oh. fits into that's a wild like in that card. Okay, category with that trio. That can be a trio. Listen, I think it's a trio, but I think it's a trio of Aelin, Thera, and Bryce. Yeah, yeah, that's the trio. The women. I don't sure. really see the guys as a trio. I don't. Yeah, I think the answer to your question on my end is, I don't know that. He does, okay. but I don't know that he doesn't. You know, I haven't. We don't know yet. I need to think about that. Yeah, we don't know yet. Let me let me read his whole story, and yeah. then I'll okay. let you know. That's fair. And we also haven't seen him as a free man, so maybe he's a lot different. Yeah. And like the, another reason why I think that they are, you know, the end game here. 
I think that they have a lot coming their way. And I'm not saying that it's, they're going to be, uh, you know, that everything's going to be smooth, smooth sailing. Is that oh, the, no, no. the saying? I can see them having fallouts. I can yeah. see them going through shit and then eventually get it, finding their way back to each other. Yeah. You know? Because they're both on, like, the road to recovery at this point. They're not fully healed or, like, like... What if they don't? You know, what if Bryce just gets to have someone at her side the whole way through? That would be different, you know? None of these ladies... Like a platonic soulmate? Is that where you're going with? No, no, no. No, I mean, like, what if they don't actually have, like, fallouts and difficulties oh, oh, and okay, stuff okay, and they're okay. just, like, together the whole way through? Yeah. That's okay, too. You know, we haven't really gotten that. You know, Farah had to do part of her journey alone and part of it with a fucking tool that we won't mention. <laughs> uh, you know, Alien, for sure. Like, she wasn't, I mean, she wasn't with her fucking mate for a whole book. And then it took two books but prior to, to her meeting him. Yeah. You know, that she wasn't with him either. So it'd be interesting to actually have a heroine for once who actually is with him the whole way through though we all know we all know they're gonna go through shit it's sarah j mass they're gonna (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're gonna be separated at some point and then we're gonna get a great reunion and then great reunion sex which because this book is adult well yeah i mean that's a question actually like do you feel that this book is actually any different from the others no i don't feel it either i mean I do feel like she's like the sex is gonna be hella hot, like speaking acquisitive level type sex. Oh, yeah. Like it's gonna be constant and like it's just gonna be there. Um, so I think she, yes, book two probably will feel that way. I guess maybe as far maybe the language, you know, there's a couple more fucks in this book that there than you know other books besides A Court of Silver Flames. Obviously, there's drug abuse, drug use. You know, stuff that we didn't necessarily see in other books, mm-hmm. again, besides A Quarter Silver Flames. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's what makes it adult. You know, maybe those are themes that aren't uh, encouraged in YA or NA or whatever, um, whatever she was writing before. I don't think she fit anywhere really before. <laughs> But now I think she does fit in the adult category. But is it really any different from what she was writing before? Not that different. You know, it's still, you can still tell that it's her. You know, she's just writing what she was always writing. Uh, But before we get into the betrayal, I just want to talk about Hunt's uh, lady lover. (laughs) Well, actually, I want to ask you first, Seth, because you are not a fan of the dead lover trope. In fact, I think it is your one true nemesis in romance lineage. Yeah. How did you feel about this? Uh, I know that you knew about it because you spoiled it for yourself uh, prior to reading the book. <laughs> and I do know that that was part of what you, you know, was kind of keeping you from reading this book. Yeah. You didn't know how you would feel about that. So I'm just curious. How did you feel about all of that? Okay. So... <laughs> Her name is uh, Shahar. 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 Yeah, sorry. Um, Okay, so beginning in Hunt's perspective, he is very much, like, loyal, beholden. Like, he is Shahar's man. Like, in his heart, his soul, he will never look at another. And, like, I think that kind of aggravated me at the beginning. But then, like, when you see how he regards Bryce and as their relationship grows and grows, you kind of obviously realize it's kind of similar to, like, Rowan and Lyria and Aelin, 
Where, like, maybe his first person was not, you know, his, like, the person that he will end, obviously end up with. But, like, maybe that wasn't his true person, you know? Like, the person that understood him on this level that he's never been understood. And also, he even comments. And I was okay once I read this comment where he basically says um, he's never felt this way about anyone when he's talking mm. in regards to Bryce. And he's never felt this with anyone. And, like, he's speaking about happiness and love and acceptance and all of that. He's never felt that with Shahar. So that's why I'm like, I'm okay with it. Because he's experiencing all of this for the first time with Bryce. No, same thing as the... <laughs> I mean, but the the thing for me is that I didn't really care for him and his, I feel like that was just a moment in his yeah, life. Yeah, I didn't care for it either. Yeah, like it wasn't like a big, big deal for me. I don't think you're meant to care about no, it. No, and though. also the way he talked about it, I feel like it wasn't even a real relationship. Like maybe they just had sex because she wanted to. My perception of it, and you said it's kind of like Rowan and Lyria. I actually disagree with that. And the reason why is... Rowan and Lyria actually had a relationship. Yeah, that's true. uh, They didn't know that it was forced. She knew. (laughs) She didn't know. Yeah, she did. Didn't she go to Maine? No, they were... No, 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 no. They were both tricked into thinking it was a mating bond. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Both of them. But they, you know, loved each other. He loved her no matter what, even though she wasn't his mate. He loved her. She loved him, even though it was... It wasn't, you know, a real mate thing. Mm-hmm. That being said, the difference with Hunt and Shahar here is the way he was talking about her and his love for her. To me, it sounded like a man who was in love with the idea of her, what she could offer him, what she represented, what she could uh, achieve or what he could achieve at her side. That's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like to me she was representing freedom for everyone, equality for everyone, all these big ideas that he had. So he was holding on. You think it was like a hero worship type thing? Yeah, he was holding on, but also like just like he was holding on to what she could be, what she could mean, yeah. you know? And I think that that's part of why, even after she's dead, he's still saying, like, I'll love her till I die. And I think what he actually means is he'll love this cause and he'll fight for this cause until he dies. Yeah. He'll never let that go. And he, she represented a moment in time in his life that was attached to that idea. Yeah. That, that was rooted in that idea, that was born from that idea. So I think that's what he means. Yeah. And I feel like for him himself, I don't think he was able to separate that, like the idea from the person. I don't think he is like he's done it. And I don't think I feel like that's part of his journey. Maybe he never will. You know, maybe he never will. You, don't think. you know, sometimes you can't quite, you know, come to realize that. But to me, as you know, <laughs> Reading between the lines. A third party person reading in (laughs) to what's going on in the lives of these characters. That's how it reads to me. You know, just knowing his history, knowing how this cause is literally in his blood. Like, it's what he fights for. It's what, you know, he would give up everything for it. And in fact, I mean, he kind of almost gave up his relationship with Bryce for it. Yeah. So, you know, this is real important shit for him. So, so yeah, I don't think it was 
I mean, they were lovers, you know, they were having sex yeah, together yeah, and yeah. there was benefits to this arrangement type thing. And maybe mm-hmm. he did, you know, kind of believe that it was more. And I think maybe he does believe that it is more, that it was more. But was it? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. That's my perspective on that. All right. I feel like we're hopping a little bit, but uh, let's just get into the betrayal. And then if we want to backtrack later on, we can okay. backtrack. The betrayal. So I feel like we need to also set it up with like the beginning, not the beginning, but like with what he was betraying her for. Well, we already talked about that, but like what was the action? And like, I'll just, you want me to just describe it? What I was trying to say? I'll just go. Yeah, go. So basically, they come across this, um, this drug called um, synth. Synth. And um, they realize that it's something that um, humans would use to like become stronger. And if you use a lot of it, you end up becoming addicted to it, one. But then if you use too much of it, it ends up controlling you and making you um, lose your mind and you ultimately rip yourself apart. And anyways, before Heinz really knew about that, him and Bryce, it seemed like they were working on this case together and he was, you know, discovering things at the same time as her. But as we, you know, later on realized that that was not the case and he actually knew about Danica actually being on the drug, um, which was assumed, sorry, that she was on the drug and that that's how her friends all died. And she killed them. Yeah. She, he, he supposedly knew that she had killed them because she was high as a kite on this drug synth, which when I don't know what they call them, like the um, what do they call the shifters or like the people Van- in this Vanner? world? Veneer. 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 Okay. Uh, when they take that in too much of a like a too big dose then they just go insane no and um so basically um this really reminded me of arcane and their drug it's called shimmer it's literally the same thing so i was like wait what but yeah anyways so it makes them go crazy if they take too much and like if they have too much strength anyways but yeah all that being said um we also did not mention our merman Therian. Therian? Oh, yeah. That's his name, right? Therian. Um, and Bryce and him, you know, they make a plan to meet by the the water, the dock, because he's like, something's going down on the water. I will take you there. And so he takes her to the boat. And lo and behold, Marge, you can take it away. So, turns out, <laughs> I mean, it was Hunt who did what she just said, you know. Uh, but turns out, you know, Bryce is there with Therion, Therian, whatever his name is. And hunt is there and she's like what the fuck and he's like i'm so sorry and then he goes on for pages and pages telling her all the fucking shit he already knew yes and wasn't telling her and she looks like a fucking fool as a result and she's rightfully fucking hurt he broke her trust like it wasn't even just like he knew it's like he pursued this relationship with her yeah. Full well knowing the truth about her best friend and what's breaking her apart. You knew it. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. This is the moment I had to put my book down yeah. and did not come back to it for two days. I was so fucking pissed. And let me tell you something. It's not, be- it's not just because of Hunt. I actually feel this is not one of Sarah Jimess's best plot twist i don't think it was orchestrated very well really i loved it so much that i didn't even realize it was happening until i felt my blood 
you know, drop out of my face. And I was like, holy fuck. Well, that's my problem. (laughs) That is my problem. This, I was interested in doing this reread because I wanted to see how I would feel about it the second time around. And could I piece it back together? A good plot twist is a plot twist that is hinted at the whole way through and you don't realize it. But the the author is dropping little hints, little dots, and then you get to the reveal and you go, oh my God, yeah, how did I not see this coming? And I think that Sarah J. Masses is really good at this. She's done it really well in her other books. You know, just fucking think of Nameless in Throne of Glass. Like, that fucking hit me like a fucking truck. Because mm-hmm. we fucking knew it had been there since the fucking beginning. Here, as I was rereading, I was looking for those hints. Because I wanted to see. Did she actually drop those hints and I just fucking missed them? And then I get to the plot twist and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. It was a good experience because half of it did and half of it did not. Okay. (laughs) Let me try to explain. The whole part about him actually being or wanting to buy the synth to overthrow the government and change things. That part of it, you can go back in the book and you see there's a definite moment where Hunt and Bryce learn about this drug and he changes from that point on. He starts texting people and she asks, who was it? And he's kind of being vague about Mm -hmm. it. He's being vague about what he's texting about. He's going places, not like without her, not really telling her what it's about. He's just like, oh, I just got a meeting with whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can see that. You can trace that in the book. So that part of the whole thing I'm cool with because I'm like, okay, yeah. I can see that now. That was totally in there. And you go back and you see it. What did not make sense and still does not make sense to me, and I feel like it's a plot twist out of nowhere, is the part where he knew, supposedly, about Danica. That he knew she was addicted to it. That he knew she had killed. Like, to me, even rereading it, I don't see that. In how he's interacting with Bryce, in his... Like just his character period when he's when we're in his head seeing what he's thinking about what he's doing how he's feeling you know there's not that sense of guilt when he's talking to Bryce about Danica about or trying to figure out this crime that's missing to me and that's bothering me and that angered me when I read the book because I was like this is out of left field did he and I feel hurt did he pin it together though like it wasn't that he knew from the get-go wasn't it that he pinned it all together once he realized about the drugs he knew for days if not weeks before telling no it was like a few days okay but if you go back and you reread those few days he doesn't act like he knew and was just not like Mm -hmm. was trying to like be shady about it and not tell her you know because he didn't want to hurt her i don't know that's my one gripe with the book. Yeah, okay, but I'm trying to rationalize it. Um, maybe for him, it was like his desire for freedom 
at this point weighed more than you know his guilt or feelings for Bryce. No, no, no. that that part mm-hmm. of the plot makes total sense. You go back, it's there. It's the Danica. Part. Yeah. So then maybe he just didn't feel that guilt for that. You know that situation. Maybe he was just like when we're in his head, he kind of may, or maybe he blocked that part out of it and like tried to remove the emotion from it because he is a warrior. He knows, or maybe you hope that he knows how to remove emotion from certain things. Maybe he did that. I don't know. It is what it is, right? Like she wanted to throw that in there and she did and whatever you know and i i do like that you know at the end of the day you know when everything goes down and bryce almost dies and hunt almost dies and you know they reunite with each other you know she's like it doesn't fucking matter at the end i forgive you it it, it didn't matter yeah as how did you feel about that whole scene and how it unfolded i felt betrayed <laughs> me too i wasn't expecting it like, we were going so good. Like, they had a connection. And then that's when I kept thinking, like, okay, he had an ulterior motive. And I didn't want to trust anything he said after that. Like, mm-hmm. his feelings towards her and all that. Um, yeah. And I I loved that, though. Like, I felt like, I don't know. I liked that how it was done. Betrayal trope, you know, it's something I like. Say, Marge, like, I know that's something you love, too. But if it's done well, I guess, in your case. For me, this is where it was, like this is kind of where they feel like different characters than for me, for Sarah J. Mass. So, you know, like he was, he was willing to like put his relationship with Bryce in jeopardy. He was like, he was like this, like he was okay with losing her trust. He was okay with betraying her just for like the cost of his freedom. And like, at this point, this is where in uh, like her other series, he would no longer be a love interest. You know, like, I feel like you would not, Rowan would never. Yeah, exactly. Which is like where I was <laughs> trying to get at. Would never. He would never. Like Reese, yeah, would never. Even Lorkin would never. He betrayed everyone else to have his girl. You know, where yeah. it's like. But he kind of betrayed her. Okay, well, he didn't know he was doing that. At the and, same time, he wanted her yeah, safe. Well, um. Fine. So all that being said, it's just like no one else would have done that. But I love that Sarah J. Mass did it in this book because I just. It just fit these characters. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. I just loved how it was done. And for that reason, for what I mentioned earlier, I think it makes me appreciate Hunt a little bit more to realize that, that he he is doing something here that none of the yeah. other Sarah J. Mass main guys yeah. would have done. And I'm not knocking the other guys. I love them, and I love their, like, fealty <laughs> to their women. Like, come on now. But it's just like in this case, he's willing to over give... my dead fucking body. Would will I not <laughs> Rowan for anything? Never, okay? never. I love them. Are you kidding? But I just like for Hunt, he like, like I said, he loved yeah. her. But at the same time, he had different, you know, he was viewing different things and how like holding other things in importance. And I don't know. I just feel like I don't know where I'm going with it. All I just want to say is it was fresh and new for me for Sarah J. Mass, and I really, really appreciated it. Speaking of, this is actually a great segue into um, something I wanted to discuss with you guys. There is in this book uh, an interesting scene where Bryce is talking to Hunt, and she's calling him an alpha hole. And she goes down this whole, you know, conversation of, you know, you males are always this and this and this and this and that. Did you feel like this was Sarah Jamas's way of trying to appeal to those who criticize her males? 
usually and their character traits because here Bryce is like you know you're overprotective you're you know overbearing you're possessive territorial blah blah blah. I want none of it and you know obviously we know that for Bryce it's a little bit deeper than that because her mom went through shit with Bryce's biological dad who was Faye and was all of these things but like in the worst of ways and not in the best of ways um so you know that Bryce like you know where she's coming from with that and she doesn't want that and I said before she's fiercely independent so but did you feel like there was in that scene like a little bit like nudge nudge see what I did there like I am aware of what you're what saying people usually say yeah what people usually say about my meals and I'm gonna have I don't know like did you feel like she was trying to go back on what she's done in the past or maybe she was poking fun at what she's done in the past like I'm not sure what the sentiment was here like what how did you feel did you even have any thoughts when they had that conversation I I didn't catch up on no like what Marge said I didn't catch that at all mm. No, I mean, like, I didn't really have many thoughts. I feel like I think it was more so, like, her acknowledging what fans are saying, but more so being like, haha, I see what you're saying about my characters, but... But to be honest, I don't see Hunt that way, though. Like, I don't feel like he's territorial possessive yet. I don't feel like he's, like... Less so than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't sure. know. This is also something I also want to bring up. They mention mates, but I feel like it's, like, their version of marriage. Like, I don't know if you guys caught that like they mention it twice in the book and it's more so like it's like you find your person and then you become mates like it's like you become mates well we don't know about that we don't know about that obviously we're introduced here to different species we've only ever had phase before yeah so maybe for bryce there is mates for uh rune as well but maybe for malix malax whatever they're called males or people in general for angels <laughs> maybe it's different you know maybe they don't have mates i don't know maybe the dot 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 is what's left to fill fill in i agree know? with that and i also don't see sarah j mass not doing mates i do not see it we love mates like why yeah. would she take that away from us i don't want to play an old marriage i don't that's the thing i don't think she would i think they're like i just don't know how it's gonna work into the story with her not mentioning mates well she mentioned it twice but only two times and that was it it just bothers me how much people love to criticize her guys and be like, they're such toxic men, blah, 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 blah. To me, it just really lacks nuances. And that one scene, I don't know how to, I'm supposed to interpret what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like, I like to think that what she's actually doing is telling us there is a difference and I'm going to show you what the difference is when you have Hunt who is my typical kind of guy in my books who's self-aware of what he's doing and you know etc and then I'm also going to give you a guy like the Autumn King and I'm going to show you how I'm aware that that can go wrong yeah yeah. Not that she's never done it before, because if you remember uh, A Court of, of Mist and Fury, Reese's parents. His parents, yeah. It didn't end well. You know, she's never, like, just sugarcoated it, like, oh, my God, all mates are amazing, and, like, it's always great, and never a tragedy, or, like, mates never, you know, 
abuse their power over each other. Like she's been very yeah obvious in the past that like that's a thing. Agreed. It's a thing. It's it's a rare thing what like Reese and Farah have that they have such a beautiful, amazing, equal mating. Um, so I'm gonna choose to see it here as that she was trying to she was acknowledging what she's she like she knows these conversations are going on like i'm of course she knows you know people fucking bully her online over it so she knows so i'm gonna choose to see this conversation between them as that just her being like i acknowledge this and i'm gonna show you that there is a difference and they're not just toxic men because they have these character Mm -hmm. traits there is uh you know, a fantasy to be found in that. There's an appeal to be found in that in a man that is not abusing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is tragedy and pain to be found in that as well for men that do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good way of looking at it. All right. Um, do you guys have any scenes you want to talk about? Because I'm kind of just like... We're just talking about relationships. But I also want to mention Rune. I feel like we barely talked about him. And I feel True. like he has a big part in terms of like Bryce's character growth. Rune. Who is Brune? Rune is her half brother. He is the full, I guess, full blooded son of the King of Autumn, and he is full Fae, and he is known to be the heir of Starborn Fae. Is that it? Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the Starborn Prince. Star. He's a Starborn Prince. Yes. There you go. I don't know, man. To be honest, I there's a lot of different names thrown in. Yeah. Um, I also love that at first, you know, Hunt is not aware that they're yes. not cousins. <laughs> they are brother and sister. And he's like, are you fucking him? And she's like, he's my cousin. And he's like, that's never stopped anyone before. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny because Rowan and Aelin are distant cousins. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, I feel like she was poking fun at that. Yeah. Like, that's never stopped anyone before. <laughs> But no, they are not fucking each other, that's for sure. And they are brother and sister. No. But S, you're the one that, like, seemed to really love Rune. Tell us yeah. about him. How do you feel we about We all love him? Rune. I love Rune, too. But we I feel like do. she, like, she really, like, loves him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. I, I sent a, a video to <laughs> Seth yesterday because for some reason I pictured him in my mind a certain way, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the fan art just, like, describes him completely different like he has long hair he has the side of his head shaved yeah. he has the lip piercing his ears are pierced so when i saw he has that, all of that though he does but i didn't know that for some oh. reason i guess i skipped over the character description. description in the book <laughs> oh was he even described that way in the book i yeah, completely yeah. no he was. he was i it went over my head and i saw a fan art and i'm just like i was like okay like my obsession just went up a, a notch after oh, seeing really? the fan art. So the, the fan art was enticing to you. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. I don't know what I pictured him as. But anyways. No, he's, um, a, he's a little like punk boy. He's rebellious. Yes. He's but rebellious. I didn't know that. I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't aware of punk boy rune. Yeah, but I really hope we get more of him in the next book. I really oh, hope we, we get to see. Oh, girl, she is setting him up. Him? Do you think he, him, and was it Hy- yeah, yeah. Hypaxia? Yeah. Are they, yeah. girl. You think girl. they're gonna arranged marriage? <laughs> they didn't know it was each yeah. other at first, and then they're gonna realize they're gonna get married. Yeah. Mm, but then she's I'm like, so I don't want to get married. So right, we got out of right. that one. 
And also, know. he was against it. Yes. And he probably still is, but he was interested in her before he knew that that's who he was supposed to marry. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, wait, Ooh. so you're the one I'm marrying? All right, maybe. Yeah. And then she's like, no, 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 I'm not marrying anytime soon. I'm super here for <laughs> it. I also too. love, uh, I don't I don't remember her name, but she was great. I loved her. Who? Hypaxia? Hi, is that her name? Hypaxia. Hypaxia? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think she went by another name too, right? She, uh, well, she was a doctor in the uh, that he met, and then that Bryce mm-hmm. and Hunt yeah. went for her to remove the venom from her leg, mm-hmm. which I loved. I love that we got to know Hypaxia as not the queen because I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just like but we knew. Did you guys know? I knew. I I figured. Yeah. I was like, this is obviously gonna be Hypaxia. I didn't know. Uh, no, really. I didn't know. Oh no. no. I so so it seeing out. her in that setting in the summit yeah. Was, yeah. was really nice. I actually went yeah. back yeah. and I read the first scene that Rune had with her, and I was like, did she say her mm-hmm. name? But she really didn't. No, and they didn't she really didn't. know. He's like, ah, oh, I didn't ask her her name. No, I knew right away when she was introduced. I was like, she is yeah. that witch that he's gonna marry, yeah. and here he is simping over her. Not knowing that he's that she's who he said he wouldn't simp over. What do you think I is going it. on with her and Therian though? Because they had looks at the summit. Oh, that's and her right. face got really red. Maybe they hooked up. A one night stand. A mistake. But they felt like they had a familiarity between them, so that's why I don't know what's going to happen. Or maybe maybe he knows something about how she feels about Rune. Yeah, could be that maybe. nobody else knows. He knows a secret or two. Yeah. Maybe they're besties. Maybe. Oh, did they say that the witches and the whatever fish people <laughs> were kind of uh, had an alliance or something? Do I remember that? I think so. That That's ringing a bell. I mean, I think if they didn't, they will have one after that summit because my boy, Therian, was worried about the cor- coral reefs, about like the fish, you know, dying <laughs> and all of that. And then... My girl Hypaxia stands up and she's like, you know what? You have rights. That actually makes sense. I don't yeah. agree with what's going on. And, you know, I loved it. What's the title of the next book? House of Sky and Breath. I need to figure out who is in what house. Yeah. Like, I was real confused about that. I'm still confused. Does it say in the book? Yeah. Um. Oh. So let's say, okay, the rivers, spirits, mare, water beasts, nymphs, kelpies, the Nox and other watched over by Ogenis. It's the House of Many Waters. And then House of Sky and Breath is the angels, fey, element, elementals, sprites, and those that are blessed by Solus along with some favored by Luna. So Hunt and Bryce are in the same house. So who's who's the other one then? Earth and Blood. Is and that- Earth and Blood is the shifters, humans, witches, ordinary animals, and many others to womb. Oh. Kathona calls as well as those chosen by Luna. So then is book two going to take place in the house of Sky and Breath? Is there a certain place that they take place in or not? No, it's not. Pl- it's not places. It's just like casts. Yeah. I think it was called uh, Earth and Blood because it was mostly focused on Danica. Oh, and, okay, like, okay. Her that makes story sense. And what happened. So I think we're going to dive into Hunt. Bryce and Hunt. Yeah. Like their own things which we can discuss at the end you know we can throw in a little theories Mm -hmm. here and there what we think might happen Mm -hmm. um okay but just want to say really excited for rune and the hypaxia i am living for it i am so excited i'm so here for it and i'm also here for rune i feel like as a character 
he is just he gives me like Adion vibes. He does, but at the same time, he feels different. He, a little bit. I can see it. He does. Oh yeah, a smidge. It's kind of like if Adian and uh, Irene got together. Irene? Oh, oh, oh. Irene who? <laughs> you hated that book, so we're not. Okay, then no, let's, not, let's not go Don't away. let G hear you. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Friendship ended. I know. But, um, okay, so I brought up Rune because I want to talk about the, like, the relationship between him and Bryce. How did you feel about the way it mm. unfolded and like when you found out why she hated him so much? Or not hated him, but like was so angry towards him. I love the relationship and how it developed and how he kept trying to make it better and she just wasn't having it. I think between, like, that's such a sibling thing to do. Mm-hmm. I love complex sibling relationships. Um... And I also like that, you know, there are moments in your life where you're closer to a sibling and then something happens and things fall apart and mm-hmm. you don't talk to each other for years. And then you, you know, become, quote unquote, friends again. And, you know, you connect uh, over certain things, you know, like you're human beings, too. Just because you're a sibling doesn't mean yeah. that yeah. you're suddenly just going to agree with whatever that person is going through or saying or their opinions like you're two human beings with you know different opinions yeah um so you're gonna have fallouts sometimes and i really like their progression here and i love the scene where he's like can i be a brother to you like can yeah. you would you let me be a brother to you i just yeah. like he wants to be that person he wants to be the person that she calls when she needs help yeah. Yeah, and when she does he's so happy that she called him i know because she was worried about hunt i know and i, I yeah. loved it i loved seeing their progression and like you actually see it on page like the way that they were at the beginning like she was so cold to him and like you're like girl just give him the light of day like let him just like let him in and then when you find out what he said to her and then you're like oh damn i see you know he called her like a slut and all this stuff and then like, like she had she had a right to be mad she yeah. did but then she also yeah. i don't know if it was pride that got like put into play here or i don't know what but then she also doesn't let him back in because of like her powers that she discovered and also because she didn't want him to, like, get hurt in the end. Um, so I think that came into play there. And I just, I liked how, by the end of it, like you said, that they have that sibling relationship. And I do feel like this book is, like, a prequel, in a way, yeah. to, like, what's coming. Uh, something we didn't talk about uh, that follows the betrayal scene. Uh, at the end of that, Hunt is arrested. Yes. Because Micah is there, and he is punished for doing what he did. Uh, and there's this really heartbreaking scene where... Oh my gosh, that scene made me cry. I know what's going to Well, first off, there's the whole scene where Bryce gets croissants. Uh, chocolate croissants, because it's Danica's birthday, right? And yeah. someone yeah. wrote whore on the croissants. And Hunt is hella fucking mad and he knows exactly who did it and he goes to the shifter compound or whatever the fuck it's called the pack and he goes to what's her name Emily or something Emily 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 and he 
throws her against the wall and fucking strangles the bitch. Oh and he's got like his yeah, I was. <laughs> he's got like his lightning and he's like shooting lightning into her and it's uh, and he's like, don't ever Guys, fucking talk so to her. That, don't ever think about her. Don't ever touch her. Don't ever insult her. I'm gonna fucking kill you. You hear me, bitch? And I was like, Ooh. and he went there full well knowing the repercussions. Right. Yeah. Right. And so they bring him to Micah's office. And I love that she's there. The bitch is there. And Sabine is there. And, and Bryce. Sabine is like all like gloating and like, you know, being happy that someone's getting punished for this. And it's someone that Bryce cares about. Right. Because she thrives on the pain. Uh, but the other girl is like, no, 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 I don't want this. I don't want this. Like, never mind. I'm not going to press charges. Stop, stop, stop. Because what they're going to do is cut off my man's wings. Okay, wait. When is he your man? What the hell? Our man's wings. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for the correction, sister wife. Thank you. They yes. literally saw off his wings as punishment. Oh, my gosh. What did they call it again? Uh, the living death. It's really angsty. Bryce is like, no, please, 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 no. Like, she's screaming off the top of her lungs. She's begging on his behalf. Like, the oh, the way it was written. He literally, like, passes out from the pain. It was great. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. But I will say, so, do we all agree that angel wings, so wings that have feathers, are not as sensitive as Illyrian wings. We don't know though. They didn't do any well, wing play. No, she 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 was washing his. You know when she was cleaning his wings in the shower when he had like that breakdown. He wasn't thinking about sex at that mm. point. He was so broke. He wasn't even in his brain at that point. Fine, but I was like, Marge was the one that was thinking about was it. I was thinking about it. I was like, she's touching his wing. I was thinking about it too, but that's why I'm like, I'm not writing off the wing play yet. The wing king. I'm sure, sure it's still gonna be there. But he just wasn't in the mindset for it at that point. It better be there. What's the point of wings if they're not sensitive? <laughs> I know. Like, Maybe, like, the root of the wing is really sensitive. So if she, like, touches it, okay, we're yeah. getting in-depth. But if she touches him at, like, the base of his wings, maybe yeah. that's mm -hmm. that's where. Listen, I just finished a book about angels. Yeah. And in that book, the their wings have feathers and they're very sensitive. But the most sensitive part, I think, is, like, the underside. Oh. Like, you can literally just come from being rubbed all at all sorry um so what what book is this and it does have like a wing job scene oh yeah yeah she literally comes just from being uh touched there oh wait so it's she has wings yeah he doesn't oh oh that's different yeah so the book is feather by olivia i think it's wildenstein that's the one you've been reading right yeah I really enjoyed that. Very appropriate title. Well, yeah, because he calls her Feather. Aww, so. okay, Aww. that's cute. He's a mobster. And she's like a good girl angel trying to redeem him. Mm -hmm. I love mobsters. It's, it's a Romeo and Juliet retelling. I, and I will say, as someone who does speak French, my one pet peeve is the French is never good in books, ever. There's mm -hmm. always a mistake somewhere that really annoys me. Or like people talk like in a really stilted way that doesn't feel natural like literally no one would speak french that way the french in this book i don't know if she maybe her spouse is french or like 
maybe she lived in France for a while or whatever, but like the French was impeccable. Like it was literally like using slang as you would and like it wasn't like strict or anything. It was just like how people would talk. And like I'm not French from France, but I know how they talk. So like, yeah. How many books is it? Three. Three and it follows the same couple? Three, but it's different characters. Oh, okay. Adding it right now then. So yeah, if you want uh, a little wing play scene there is one in that i'll probably bring it up in our next catch up and chill so i won't say too much but uh yeah i really enjoyed that i'm jumping into book two as we speak oh so yeah. um okay we should probably get back to probably, we place. should probably get back um to- how did you feel about their moment on the couch so when they like lose control right. not lose control but they finally decide to give in to their sexual tension right to relieve some tension yeah uh Unfortunately, he starts bleeding all over the couch. I know. And that really dampens the mood. <laughs> I... Dampen the mood like so much. Well, because like she came like so hard, and like yeah. it was hot. Like for her, she was like on cloud nine, and he was like, "Hell yeah. yes, finally get a touch." She was over here dying. Yeah, I know. Right? He's like, like, "I'll take the pussy over my life." <laughs> <laughs> God. I mean, he was literally like. I'll fuck you so hard that you'll forget your name. You won't yeah. be able to walk, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's giving us all these hopes and dreams. You know? We're thinking he about it. He will deliver in book two. He, he better. He better. I love that, like, when he is talking to the nurse afterward, Bryce is like, he made sure to ask if he was cleared for sex. I know. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. And he, he was hated not. It. <laughs> um... Okay, sorry. You talked about one sort of punishment and then moving right, on to the yeah. next one. The betrayal. When he, he gets arrested. Yes. So does anyone want to say what happens? After? Yeah. Uh, so basically what happens is that Micah is like, I'm washing my hands off of you. Like, you've betrayed me. You want to kill us all uh, type thing. And so he decides to sell him back to his previous owner, um, Sandriel who happens to be uh, Shahar's sister, who tortured Hunt basically for years and years and years and made him do things, repulsive things, that he cannot even talk about how bad they were. So he is going back there. But before that, what the scene that actually made me tear up that I thought you were getting to, but you didn't, I'll just mention it really quickly. I got is, sidetracked, sorry. It's okay, it's okay. Um, it's the scene where uh, she, Sandriel, comes and talks to Hunt, and she's like, so I own you now, and to punish you, I'm going to show you the slideshow of, like, all the pictures on your phone with this girl, Bryce. And, like, Hunt, his, like, my heart broke for him when he realized how different of a person he became through the pictures. Like, his eyes came alive. And, like, mm-hmm. he even noticed her, like, growth, too, in the pictures. And I was, like, I was bawling. I could not. I know. And then following that, uh, you know, Bryce learns about it and she literally goes to Jaziba or whatever her name is yeah essentially borrows what like 97 million dollars to buy him which she doesn't have so this is a loan that she's gonna pay for the rest of her fucking life yeah but she does it because she tries to buy him and it doesn't work she even gives up, like, her, her amulet that Danica gave her. Her, her, her amulet first, but then she mm-hmm. offers herself. She's like, take me instead of him. Yeah, I know. And it was just so heartbreaking. Because, like, Sandra was like, are you kidding? Because you, he means so much to you. I'm not giving him up. 
just to be spiteful. And, like, he's panicking. He's like, don't do that. I don't want you to do that. And then Rune comes in and he goes territorial fae to protect her. Because he's (laughs) like, I'm going to pull out all the rules and the laws from the olden days. Like, you belong to the fae court, so I will not let you do this. You belong to me as your brother. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm not letting you sell yourself. And she was pissed. She was pissed. That whole scene messed me up. Whole sequence of scenes, sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. Should we get into that last, like, 200 pages or so? (laughs) Yeah, let's do that, because we're already at an hour and a half. I know. Okay, who wants to describe that? S, how about you do it? (laughs) No, I suck at describing. (laughs) We're waiting. (laughs) You're going to be waiting a long time. Okay, I'll try. So describe it from what part? So after he from gets the caught. Summit. It go- from the what happens at the summit. Yeah. So every would it be like every house they he have works. a meeting, which is a summit, and every I think it's like six different rulers that goes that go to this meeting. Mm-hmm. Summit, um, yeah. The summit. And this is where they discuss like their treaties, their their laws, what needs to be done, who are they going to side with? Bryce ends up calling, what's her name? Jess, Jess, Jesseva, Jesseva, Jesseva. She ends up calling Jesseva um, because Micah ends up showing up to where Bryce works. Yeah. He ends up showing up. He ends up going down to their like hidden library that they have at Antiquities. Mm-hmm. And then... It's all live streamed. It's like a Facebook live, an Instagram live. No, because like Declan, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Rune's bestie, is like a yeah. genius hacker and like hacked the cameras there. He's and like he's... hacking into everyone's phone. Like even when someone calls someone, he's like hacking into the phone so that yeah. everyone can hear the conversation. Yeah. I'm like, God, Declan, a little privacy. I know. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so they're live streaming, basically. They're live streaming what Micah and um, Bryce are talking, they can see everything yeah. from the cameras. And we learned that Micah is actually the one that betrayed. He had his own agenda. Mm-hmm. He yeah. He was the one responsible for Danica's death. Yes. Yeah. And the pack of devils. Bastard. Wait. The moment for me that you go, oh shit, is when Bryce is standing in front of the camera and she says, help me. Yes. yes and you're like oh no something's gonna happen she knows something we don't yeah and yeah, yeah. from then on you're like stressed yeah stressed. and then that's where we learn everything that micah had planned everything that he did mm-hmm. who he killed yeah. um he was responsible for everything and this is where lahaba dies may yeah. she rest in peace may she, she rest in power <laughs> but yes and and the uh, Bryce also, she bought her out her freedom as well. She did. Yes, she bought out Lahaba's freedom. I love that she was going to celebrate it and like tell her a week later and Lahaba was like, I peeked into your, your desk. I know. <laughs> I already knew, but thanks, boo. I love her. Like, I feel like she was like a really good friend. She was a yeah. really good friend. Yes. She was, she was there throughout it all. And she never let Bryce feel like she was anything less, you know? 
They yeah. were just like, and and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. You know, because Lahaba is a slave as well, like you said. So she yeah. was also yeah a slave. Uh, and I believe sprites are just seen as lesser than to begin with, just mm-hmm. because they're not like you know, fully formed beings yeah. of flesh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Micah, man, guys, he was... I expected him, obviously, to be a villain from the get-go. I did not get good vibes. Did you? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. No, meaning yes. I I didn't get good vibes either. (laughs) I feel like he had his own agenda, but I think I was still shocked to learn Mm. how deep he was in and the fact that he did cause Danica's death. Did you buy Danica as a drug user, though? Like, sorry, she was very... um, you know, dependent on the drugs. Did you buy that plot or were you waiting for something else to be revealed? I think I was waiting for something else. Yeah. Yeah, same. The way that Bryce, like, described her, she didn't feel like she was a substance abuser, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. That one plot twist aside, I will say, I do think that the intrigue and, like, the whole, like, detective plot in this book yeah. was well done. Like, you really, it keeps you guessing and you really don't yeah. know what it's going to be until Micah reveals that it's him. You still don't know that it's him, you know? You don't have good vibes from him, but you're not like, oh, he did it. Yeah. You know, because you're like, you remember, he was in the alley. And then you're like, well, why would he be in the alley? Yeah. You know, you don't really think mm-hmm. about that, but he was there on yeah. the sign of the crime. On exactly. The, sign, the the scene of the crime. Um, he was after Luna's horn. Right, yeah. To open yeah. portals, because he... Well, okay, so I'm a little bit fuzzy. So his mission, he wanted an army from another world to... What was it? To overthrow, like, the government or, like, the, the everything, basically, and, like, to put himself in power instead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then we also realize um, that what had happened before Danica died um, was that she crushed the horn into like a powder and then she made it an ink and got the horn tattooed onto Bryce's back. And that was a plot twist that I did not see coming. What did you girls think about that? I love because I I feel like I have a little a little bit mixed feelings. Okay, let's hear them. But mainly because I feel like everybody had their own agenda and they weren't honest with Bryce. Yeah, so she I was like the last that. to know. And the fact that um, Danica used her without letting her know exactly her drink and got that her was tattooed. one of my pet peeves. So that was my only like little like issue. No, I was just gonna say, but because like for Bryce, it was a tattoo she got with her best friend, and she just thought that was like that was it. Like it was just that was it. Yeah, a tattoo there to was... celebrate their friendship. That could have been it though. But it wasn't. It was. Well, she could have gone her whole life without ever activating the horn. It could have just lived on her back and that was it. Yeah, but Danica had another agenda that Bryce was not a part of. She did not get Bryce's consent to tattoo the I know, horn I agree on with her that, back. Of course. Is yeah, what, like, yeah. I think as you're getting at what I'm getting at. Yeah. I just think that Danica knew. I mean, obviously, she knew what Bryce was, which we haven't mm-hmm. said yet, but, like, she is the. She has a whole fucking star inside herself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She is the starborn princess, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Starborn heir, I guess. Danica knew that. Yeah. And while, of course, I agree, it was done without her consent. She was, you know, basically given a beacon for demons to attack her. But she was also given the little necklace to protect her. So, you know, it kind of balances that. 
Bryce was fine going her whole life without ever revealing what she was. And if she hadn't, and she wasn't using her power, which she wasn't, then mm-hmm. the ink never would have activated anyway. But I think Danica was trying to protect her. Danica knew yeah. that the only person who could ever activate the horn was Bryce. Nobody else can do it. And Danica knew that her time was running out. I get that. Yeah. But she also did it. I'm not trying to hate on Danica. I just want to also make this point known. She also gave her the amulet to protect her from the demons because of the the ink on her back that included the horn. She knew that Bryce would never leave this job. She did not believe, I guess, Bryce would have that growth or like that moment to achieve more, like the desire to achieve more in a story and like pursue something else in her career. So like that was no. Also- she knew. She knew she could, or else she would never have put all the hands in place. The hard drive and the coat, the the ink in her tattoo. I think it was like if Bryce never wants to do that, she can. But if she ever wants to figure it out, I'll put everything in place so that she has what she needs to achieve I guess. what she wants. I just feel like Danica was shady, and I know she was shady for the right reasons. No, no, she was. I understand that, but I just feel like a lot of it was. A lot of Bryce's agency was taken away in terms of, like, everyone's plan around her. Like, she was not treated as, like, an equal, obviously. Yeah, but that's true of basically everyone in her life. Like, a lot of people, you know, have to earn her trust back or, like, lost yeah. her trust. And I, those friends really irritated me. And even in the end, like, they weren't there for her. Yeah. When the friend slapped her at the club uh, and exploded. Got me so mad. Oh, I hated that. Yeah, you don't slap your friends. I'm sorry. No. Her and the other yeah. who was gone, like, Fury. Who never, yeah, who never like checked in. Like I get it. Like that was how you were dealing with things. But like, they weren't friends. They weren't being friends. Yo, and also, sorry, last Danica shade. She slept with Flynn, full well knowing mm. Bryce had a big ass crush on him. Yeah, she did. <gasps> the betrayal continues. <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> It's okay. If Bryce wasn't like, you know, end friendship at the moment right now type of girl and she was like okay with what happened and how it played out, then yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, but from the summit and like essentially Micah dies. Or, he did open a portal. Yeah, he, d- he, well, yeah, but it's okay. So there's the knock or whatever it's called. It's in like yeah. this big ass tank and then like Lehaba to, you know, save her friend. She. Uh, breaks the tank the fish tank (laughs) Mm -hmm. and all the water spills out which kills her because she's a fire sprite so she goes poof but that kind of slows down Micah Uh, Bryce runs upstairs she goes into Jaziba's office she takes out a gun and we know at this point that Bryce is really fucking good with a gun because her dad was like really good with a gun and he kind of taught her how to use one um, so she's hiding in the office and then Micah arrives and then she shoots the motherfucker in the head and then she takes the sword, Danica's sword, and yes. slices the motherfucker in half from head to toe. Yeah. <laughs> and then she burns the motherfucker and then she vacuums him. <laughs> I was laughing so I hard that. as I'm shouting, yes, girl. Like, I, know. I was like, oh my God, are you really vacuuming? Yeah. The guy. That was amazing. No, but, like, what was also really masterful, sorry, we didn't even talk about it, but, like, the way that, so she was, like, ODing on Synth because um, 
Right, yeah. Micah had used that to activate the horn to heal it, sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we have Hypaxia, who, like, created a cure with, like, the venom in her her leg. And, like, I love that, like, it was that small little scene that Hypaxia delivered it to Bryce, and then Bryce knew it was there. And, like, she knew that she had the cure, so she was, like, lucky she had to get to the office to use it. I love that it was, like, I don't know, I just love how it happened. Yeah, and adjacent to that, uh, the scene you know, where uh, Hypaxia is taking it out of Bryce's leg and Hunt is there and he's being super supportive. I just want to say that I noticed that from that point on, I'm pretty sure it's from that point on, he starts talking in the we and the us. Yeah. And that, Mm. like, Bryce really loves that. Like, you see how important that is, that someone is seeing her as, like, you know, belonging with them in, like, a friendship way at this point. I mean, he does kiss her, so, like... It's kind of ambiguous if it's still friendship at it that point. It was a whisper of a kiss, guys. It's so important for her to be seen as, like, yeah, you're a part of this. Like, I claim you as my friend. I claim you as, like, my uh, my partner, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just love that he starts talking to the us and the we. And he, I don't think he even realizes what he's doing. Yeah. Yet, so. And, like, the betrayal aside, at this point, betrayal aside, he was, like, the first not even the first person, because Danica was there, but he was, like, the first person post-Danica that, like, actually gave her that feeling of belonging, but also confided in her and, like, made her feel, like... Understanding? Acceptance? Yes, and didn't judge her for... I mean, he did, but, like, until he... He did. ...realized who she was. But, like, once they had their walls, like, you know, knocked down and, like, you know, they were open with one another, betrayal aside. Yeah, it was the first time she felt that way since Danica. Yeah. So back to the motherfucker being vacuumed. Um, <laughs> Bryce, you know, leaves the gallery and then there are demons in the streets. Everyone's screaming. There are children. And then she stumbles upon like the human quarters. So like, you know, and in this world, humans are like kind of below, which is part of what Hunt was fighting for. He was fighting for equality for all with the humans. Um, but so she stumbles upon like the human part of things of town and you know i love that she's like screaming in the phone like there are children here there are children and then like there's these doors that are closing and everyone's you know it's like uh, like a like shelter like bunker yeah, yeah. shelters yeah. shelter bombs yeah. um and then like the connor's brother shows up and he's helping her and then she pushes him she pushes <laughs> As I punch my mic, she pushes it into a shelter, and then like she you knows she's left outside the shelter. No, but the way it happened though, like everyone's watching yeah. her from the cameras, and like True. it looks like they're both gonna make it in. But she's like, she knows they're not gonna make it in, so she sacrifices herself to save him and pushes him in. Like, uh, the way it was done, I love her. She uses the synth, the power that the synth gives her to push him in, mm-hmm. and then after that, she's like really depleted. So like she's starting to feel you know really tired and stuff and she's like i'm not gonna make it i'm not gonna make it yeah and then she uses her power to uh close one portal but then she's like i have i have so many others to close like i don't know if i can make it like i'm so tired blah, blah, i know and then she has this idea and she's like it's a magnificent idea i have to make it to the the little um what are they called like a gateway 
portal. Like a gateway. Yeah. yeah. Like a gate gateway, which in the book, it's kind of established that like people, you know, use that as like kind of like a telephone. Like you can call onto like the other gateways in mm-hmm. the city. But um, every time you so, touch it, it takes a, a little piece of your power. Right. And before all of this, uh, Hunt finally fucking arrives. He literally jumps off an helicopter. Like he's just like, bye. <laughs> And he falls on the ground, and then there's a bomb going off, and, like, it literally fucking... His two legs are gone, an arm is gone. Like, he's yeah. pieces. I know. And no one responded to her plea for help, for, like, her right. plea to make the well, drop. Well, that was... Wasn't that, bef- wasn't that after? No, that was before, and then the bomb goes off. Well, because she's like, everything will heal. If, if I do... If I make the drop, everything in this city will be healed because of my light mm-hmm. or like because so she's like calling on to someone to come help her she's like please i i need someone to just join me in this drop to like be my anchor blah blah, blah. and nobody answers nobody answers and so but then she hears a voice yeah yeah what okay let me let me there's two two very important things happening simultaneously she hears a voice and it's danica's voice coming from the gateway and this is the little bit of life left of Danica that lives on on the other side that because is calling to her. of Bryce. Because of Bryce, yeah. But simultaneously, Bryce is kind of like, ask, she's kind of telling Hunt, like, it's going to be okay. Like, before she hears the voice, she's like, it's going to be okay. They're going to find us. Help is going to come. Blah, blah, blah. And then she says something. Three words to him that we don't know what those words are yeah what are those words was it i love you was it you're my mate you can't leave me i don't know i think it was i love you or maybe not i love you maybe it was an equivalent to that i don't know i just love that like when hunt is healed and he's trying to bring her back to life he's like say it to my fucking face you coward yes <laughs> anyways so she hears this voice so she goes to the gateway she's like danica and so she makes the drop but she's unanchored because a dead body does not work as an anchor so she's dropping and dropping and dropping and everyone's looking at her numbers and like seeing her where she's gonna hit like her power level yes and be, she's absorbing all the power that people left in the gateway because there's this game where they like touch the gate and they give like a little bit of their power to the gate um so she's kind of taking all of that in and she's dropping s- super super low and then they're like, she's she even surpasses her biological father by like a point like, five or like a po- right? like a one mark. <laughs> I loved it. It was so petty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Danica is with her. You know, Danica is falling with her because they promised each other they would make the drop together. Obviously, Danica died before that was possible, but she's with Bryce in that moment. And you know, once they get there, Bryce is like, that's it. You know, it's fine. I've made the drop. And and her drop, her drop powered everything. So like buildings were, you know, rebuilt. <laughs> uh, people were healed. Everything was healed in the city. Yeah. Because of the the what is what is it called the light? First light, first light, the first light that she you know 
produces by making her drop. Anyway, once she's, you know, at the bottom, whatever, at the pit of her power levels, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, all right, like, this is just us now, you yeah. know? Like, she's fine staying there with No, Danica. and it's like, she did that full well knowing, well, she thought she wasn't going to make it through. She just wanted people to live and, like, the world to heal and hunt to heal. So she's like, I don't care if I make it through. Yeah, and Danica is like, no, no. Like, why would you end your life? Like, that doesn't make sense. Why? To be, to, to be with us? We're dead. We're not coming yeah. back. And that's okay. Yeah. You have to live on your life and then think about the male. The male that's waiting for you <laughs> on the other side of that gate that you just healed. Think about him. And, and I love that Bryce is like, you're really going to tell me that I've got to go back for a man? <laughs> and then, no, and then Danica's like, it's not about the man. It's about, like, no, the life. The love. And the life that she built. And she is building. Because through love, everything is possible. And so she starts running. You know, they're all looking at the clock because you have like a certain amount of time that you have to start running. Yeah. And she's got like 0.003 seconds left and she starts running. And she's running and running. And like Danica is giving some of her, the, the rest of her life power to push her forward for me what it was was danica running by her side you know side by side they're both like you know happy to be with each other again but like bryce knows it's the last time she'll see her because of like the sacrifice she's making here like danica and it just like broke my heart when like she didn't feel danica anymore beside her yeah and danica gives her that push that final push and you know i love that as she's coming back to like the surface she she's hearing hunt talk to her and yeah. being like stay alive come back well because while all of this is happening bryce is like a dead body yes <laughs> her heart has stopped everything has stopped and and hunt is just doing like heart uh uh compressions like trying to bring her back to life or keep her body alive like real bella edward breaking dawn type vibes you know yeah 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 oh for <laughs> sure uh and then she comes back, and that's when he's like, say it to my fucking face, you coward. I love, love those scenes. Like, yeah. the whole, the, the, from the moment that Danica reaches out, I start crying. I was <laughs> bawling. I was bawling. Tears. My book, my pages are, like, forever, like, warped because of my tears. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and even the second time around, I knew what was going on. I knew she was going to show up, and I was still fucking crying. <laughs> I was still crying. As <sighs> did you have thoughts about that scene? Did you cry? I it played in my mind like a movie. Yes, so yeah, I would I love felt. for this to be made into a TV show, yeah. miniseries, a movie, because that's one of the scenes that I would like to be played out and see everybody's reaction. Them watching it from the summit and then them flying in and just watching the numbers go up as well. Yeah, and. It- for me, it's, like, it really cemented how much they meant to each other. And, like, yeah. people, okay, some people don't understand, like, the importance or, like, they don't put the same amount of weight on our friendship that they do in other relationships, like a familial bond or, like, a romantic partner. It's more so, like, even people are, like, were you and Danica, like, in a relationship? Is that why you're so hurt by her death? But, like, mm-hmm. not, like, a lot of people don't understand how... How much a friendship could affect you. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything else to say on that front. It's just very true. Like, friendships are just as important, if not more important. Yeah. Um, 
can I just briefly mention that, uh, did you guys notice the Crustly Cole shade in this book? When Bryce is talking about dating a vampire and she's like, he wanted to go down on me and eat me and eat me at the same time. And I was like, girl, wait, you're not down for that? Cause... I know. I know. She was like, no, absolutely not. But I was like, the Crestley Cole shade. <laughs> it's hot. Crestley Cole, queen of blowjobs, but also eating as you're giving a blowjob. Yeah, it's dinner and pleasure at the same time. Right. <laughs> Me eating a McDonald's. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just love that because it's like, we've read it and it's hot. So honestly, Bryce, I think you missed out. I think you missed yeah. out. She did. I mean, I don't, I can't speak from uh, experience, sadly. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we wish we could. <laughs> All right, we're losing it here. Yeah, we're losing it. Um, also, last thing I want to mention is so we know right as of kingdom of ash which is the seventh by i believe or eighth book in the throne of glass series we know that these worlds are connected they're like on top of each other yes so spoiler alert sorry yeah (laughs) at some point is falling through these worlds and she first stumbles upon or falls through the Court of Thorns and Roses world and she sees Reese and Farah, pregnant Farah. Then it mentions a world that is Crescent City. So we know these worlds are connected. And I think that Crescent City is happening after everything else. Let me explain. Did you you notice that there was a Kelpie in this book? Yes. There is a Kelpie. Kelpie being a thing that we encountered in A Court of Silver Flames. Nesta encountered a a Kelpie. So I thought that was interesting. Also, people have speculated that the books in the library Mm -hmm. are books that we see appear in both Throne of Glass and A uh, A Court of Thrones and Roses. Also, obviously, the Fae are very similar to the Fae that we know. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they mentioned that at some point the worlds were open and creatures walked into this world yeah. and made it theirs. I think that the the story as we know it, uh, the story of Crescent City is happening like way, 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 way in the future of the others in a different dimension and happening in the future. Okay. Does that make sense? I think that this is the end of I the have, others. Um, it's not my theory, but I, I saw one thing and I'm kind of building on it. Okay. I saw that people think the horn is actually a dread trove. And that was, that's the fourth dread trove. So remember in the, like Nesta's book, there's one mm. always in the shadows that we never saw. So people really believe that the horn is a dread trove. So that's why I'm thinking... And now Bryce is a dread troll. So what? I don't know. What if it's in the shadows because maybe A, because it's cut off, you know, through dimensions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. B, it's an ink. So it could be like obscured because Ooh. of that. Or C, we don't know what's going to happen. But Rune is, has powers of shadows. 
True. So we don't know what's going to happen right. with the horn down the line, but maybe he's going to hide it. Maybe they're going to be able to like extract it or something and hide it. I don't know. But that that's a good theory. That is a good theory. Interesting. Uh, I was just thinking, like, I don't know what's going to happen in the other worlds. I feel like the Throne of Glass world is pretty safe because I feel like Throne of Glass is like done. The first one, and yeah. then a quarter of Thorns and Roses happens, and then Crescent City. But I wonder if way down the line in the Prithian world, the Fae are going to have to walk into another world. Which would imply that the Autumn Court is the ruling court. And also, to support Ooh. your theory, the Autumn Court King and Bryce both have red-hued hair. Like, they're both auburn hair. Yeah. We know uh, the Autumn Court in A Court of uh, Thorns and Roses, they have red hair. But more like a fiery shade, so. Yeah. I don't so know. So I don't know what happened, but... Also, I don't remember how the demons are described here, but are they any similar to the demons from Throne of Glass? I don't think so. They were wing-like, right? But that that would be something to look into. Yeah. I feel like. Anyways, they're connected in interesting ways. And, like, I feel, I feel like this series in particular is going to shed some light on just how connected they are. Yeah, I agree. I do feel like we're not done yet. But I find it very interesting that she's... At first, it was very, like, subtle how she was connecting them. But now she's, like, throwing in the Kelpie and then bringing the Kelpie into a court of silver flames. Like, very obvious, you know, crossovers where it's, like, the worlds were connected at some point. Things were opened. Things walked into and out of worlds. Um, Sorry, a stupid question. But this is before... Nesta and Cassian's book, right? So this is before Akosif, like release date wise. Release date wise. Yes. Okay. Timeline wise, like chronologically, as far as dimensions go, we don't know, but I have a feeling this is after. Okay. Lastly, the last thing I wanted to bring up, because that's kind of literally the last page of the book. Oh, yeah. Is Hunt. So Hunt doesn't know who his father is. Is Hunt's father a prince of hell? So that's why I'm like, see, there's more to hunt that meets the eye that I'm excited to see. That's, yeah, that's why I think the the next book is really going to explore, like, their parentage, <laughs> yeah. their, you know, origin. And that's why, like, okay, so I don't, like, I'm pretty sure you guys, everyone knows this, who's read this book. There seems to be a group of people that kind of feel like um, Idis is going to be her endgame guy. Yeah, no. But I don't see it. No. But there's not much to go off. There's not much to go off, yes. their little interaction that they had. and Yeah. But for him, he seems to be working with uh, Jezeba. That's her name, right? Um, And they know something. They know um, that Bryce has this, like, different power. Like, Thea's light? Thea? I don't even know what that meant. Is that that the Starborn lineage? Is that that light that she's holding in her? Or is is Thea a different type of light? No, I think it's the Starborn thing. Like, Thea oh, okay, was okay, okay. the beholder of the light at some point. Listen, what I think it's going to be, this is more points towards Hunt being the end game here. The fact that she's, because people are like, oh, but he's like the, the other guy, whatever his name is. He's They're like, oh, he's the Prince of Hell. Like, of course, it's going to be him. But I'm like, he Hunt is, I think, the son of one of the Princes of Hell. Yeah. 
I think that's in his favor of him being Endgame. Like, you know, the other guy, if anything, I see it as he's gonna end up being one of like kind of like a godly figure in the throne of glass series like kind of Mm. like a guide who has an ulterior motive yeah and is trying to push bryce towards what he wants her to do for him and maybe something's going on in hell i don't know they might need Mm -hmm. him that's what i think is gonna happen and their plan is to have hunt and bryce become a thing that's what the epilogue says to me like they they needed them together because there's something that together they can achieve maybe through their sex they create intense power (laughs) a fourth dimension (laughs) his dick was that good it was that good uh but yeah i love that i have no idea where it's going right i don't know everything's tied up in this book besides the epilogue right i feel like you know hunt has his freedom now because hypaxia released him from you know enslavement bless her i don't know where it's gonna go yo 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 we yo yo what We cannot overlook the scene where she takes it off. Yeah. And he just goes ballistic. Because, like, it was... it Essentially, he only had 10% of his power with mm-hmm. the tattoo on, on his brow. The, like, slave thing. But once he's freed, he can fucking use it. And he's fucking old, holding that bitch's head. Yes. Like, he ripped it off her body. And he's holding it. And then I he's, love like, that for him. shooting lightning everywhere. And, like, the building is, like, shaking. I was, like turn on (laughs) the fulfillment that i felt from that scene like the uh, the i don't know i have no words but like the way that he was able to kill his abuser and like yeah he got that for himself i loved it and he deserved it and i love that hypaxia was like you know what do it like kill her kill her kill her now loved it i love that she didn't say anything you know he never said you know when when uh, she's healing Bryce and taking the venom out. You know, she asks, like, w- would you want me to take it off? And he kind of doesn't answer, but she knows what the answer is. And then yeah. in that moment, she does it without asking. She yes. just does it. I'm just like, I'm here to see what their relationships are going to be like in the future because right, we don't yeah. really get to see them. Like, now I feel like the walls are down. People know who they are. People know each other. And they know their strengths and weaknesses at this point. So I'm just curious to see where we're going to go in book two. We're all losing our voices at this yeah. point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we haven't recorded for this long in a very long time. I know. Um, do we want to get into the monster? Oh, shit. Briefly? Yeah, we didn't do that. Let's talk about yeah. the monster. What do you think the monster of the story is? For, pri- for Price. I was, was going to call her Price. For Bryce. <laughs> for Bryce, I think her monster was just her carrying the death of her friends yeah. on her shoulders for however many years had passed. Two. Yeah. And just her trying to overcome that. Yeah. Grief. Just how heavy it can weigh yeah. on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that comes with that. Yeah. I I had also um just it's interesting how this book touches upon kind of online harassment obviously yes. this is the first time that we have like a, a world that has technology you know phones exist mm-hmm. computers exist everything exists that you know we have in our day day day-to-day life today um and kind of like cancel culture as well you know bryce <laughs> yeah. gets completely fucking obliterated 
online to the yeah. point where she has to take down all her accounts because she's just being insulted because people her messages were leaked so everyone knows that she was fucking a guy in the bathroom while her friends were dying yeah yeah um and just everyone came down on her and didn't give her a chance to explain didn't give her a chance to just grieve I think it's interesting how that's explored and especially like in relation to I think a lot of how Sarah J Mass herself is being treated online. Mm-hmm. Like, I notice a lot of, a lot and lot more of these authors that have to leave social media or just like artists, singers, uh, actors, actresses, like whatever. A lot of people need to just leave social media at some point because the hate just becomes too much. Mm-hmm. Well, they say, you know, the popular you get, the more popular you get, you do get a lot more haters. But I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. But, I mean, in this case, in Bryce's case, it was, like, her personal life was leaked. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, like, so hard to read about. And, like, you know that that, along with losing her friend, pushed her to, like, you know, contemplate killing herself well i just i was just gonna say and the monster in that is well yes you know people being horrible online of course but mostly or most importantly for bryce that she was already believing all these things about herself and this was just confirming it for her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so she was just taking it in taking it in and to the point like you said where she was just like well maybe i i should just end it you know maybe i just Maybe I am a piece of shit whore and maybe I deserve to die. And it should have been me. It should have been me. I should have been the one to die. And I also felt like Bryce, like to continue on with you, what you guys said, also inexplicable, like inexplicable guilt after loved one passed. She felt so much guilt for like being the one that survived amongst all of her friends and like her guilt of like partying, having sex and all that. She felt that guilt. And she carried it for so long. And I don't, I don't, like, it just, like, it broke my heart to see her feel that guilt. But even, like, no one could talk her out of it. She had to, like, believe herself that, you know, she wasn't the cause. Or, like, she had no part in that. And it was just an unfortunate accident. And not even an accident. It was orchestrated. But they even, like, the fact that she gave up her eternal resting spot for Danica and, like, it also broke we my didn't heart. talk about Sabine, but fuck that bitch. Fuck her. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. She should have died. She, she should have died. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I also think it, like, it kind of broke my heart, too, that, like, she, Danica probably would not have made it to the, you know, the other, like, resting, undying place because of, like, whatever happened. So, like, Bryce is like, I want to make sure you get there. It broke me in a good way when uh after everything goes down and you know she's she feels very solid about what her and hunt have she opens up her text messages yeah and the last message that connor sent was text me when you're home and so she texts i'm home because she's she has found a hunt which again just confirms that he's endgame for me yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah he is home yeah agreed. Uh, and then she texts I'm home into the void and then she deletes all her messages finally and she's ready to move on and like yeah yeah and I also loved I'm sorry I'm going back to the part where like um 
you know, she's making the drop. I didn't mention it before, but I love that she got that closure, even with Connor, you know, like she saw him Mm -hmm. and like they waved and like, that's something that Ayla never got with Sam either, you know? And I feel like it was kind of like mm. maybe Sarah Jonas <laughs> healing that. You can't see as but she's having an emotional breakdown. I'm sorry, but like maybe that was like a way of uh, Sarah J. Mass like healing that part of Aelin, like but through Bryce because she got that closure with her first love. Well, first love. He wasn't her first love. He was a friend. <laughs> no, but like they spoke that they had this like intense like emotion towards one another and they fe- like they felt a lot for each other. We don't get to see the extent of it like we did with, sorry, I'm mentioning Sam again and Aelin. Um, <laughs> it's a triggering word. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think to an extent we didn't see it, but at the same time I felt like the emotions were still strongly portrayed. Yeah. But I like that we got that closure. Anywho, uh, did you guys have any other monsters? Um, for Hunt, I just... I felt like it was, like, literally society's construct. Like... Of course, yeah. Um, You know, with the archangels in a, a position of power, or, like, the Malachim, or whatever they're called, in a position of power, but then, like, Hunt and, like, 200 of them, you know, are enslaved to them. And, like, just the hierarchy as well, like, just, like, how he has zero autonomy, you know? And the only way for him to earn his freedom is to kill more people. But we all know, like, Micah was never going to let him go. He was probably going to leave one death there and be like, oh, I'll tell you when to kill the last person and then just keep him forever. It's unfair and cruel that someone needs to sacrifice their own happiness in order to be seen as equal. Yeah. That should never be a thing anywhere in the world ever. Unfortunately, it is. It's the reality of a lot of people. They have to fight for their own rights constantly, day after day, be exhausted as a result. And that has an impact on someone's happiness. You can't ever really be fully happy when you know you're not free. Yeah. Or that that freedom could be taken away from you at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just find that really sad. And I think that Hunt is aware of that and the fact that he has to choose you know and he does make his choice he sacrifices that for yeah. the fight for his freedom which of course you understand why he's he's doing it of course but that the he has that he's placed in a position where he has to make that choice yeah yeah well said girls well we, we said we 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 can't end on this <laughs> Somebody pull up. A all quote, right, all right, all right, all right. Um, no, no, no. What are you expecting in terms of the sex? Do you think we're gonna get like just oh, Hunt yeah. and Bryce, or do you think we're also? I think I remember vaguely Sarah J. Mass saying Therian also gets some like good. good he gets times. a he gets a good chunk of next book. I'm okay. Like, he's with got that. a lot of POVs. I like I, him. Therian? The, yeah. Why? What's why? the point? I want to know why. Everyone was obsessed with him. I want to know why, too. I think it's, yeah, because everyone's obsessed with him. He sounds hot. I don't know that he gets sex Mm. scenes, but I know he gets POVs. Hmm. Rune should get Rune should get POVs. You're right. I agree with that. And maybe his his besties a little bit. But you know what? His besties. It doesn't make sense for Therian to get POVs in this, the second book. If, like, the right? third book's going to be called House of Many Waters, you know? Right. Right. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I think he's a very, like, hot, like, character. 
Uh, I'm curious to see where she takes his uh, character. I also don't know if his dick is different, but I don't think it There's is. There's a slit, and it comes out. We're used to this. Anatomy lesson has taught us this. But he also becomes, he can also alter his form. He can just become like a human looking male. Remember? No. Yeah, when he gets that. on land, he has like a certain amount of time. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, you're yeah. Right. So you're he can right. he alt he goes between human form, like sorry, man form, and like mermaid. Well, what if we want to fuck the fish boy? I think that's fine. Fish. That could be done. I mean, we're here for it. I'm here for it. It's okay. What's the point of him having legs? Okay. Yeah, I hope he doesn't like whenever he does get to like the. Mm, time yeah he uh yeah. he stays a merman for some of it why are we assuming he's got mm, times i think he should have mm, time <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just want to say the reason why i feel like i i noted him was when um bryce realized the betrayal from hunt and like he kind of like held her and like held her up because of how much like the the betrayal was hurting her like he was kind of her support in that scene and i loved that so he got a lot of points there for me I am looking forward to the sex. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. They've got uh, unfinished business to uh, attend to. Yes. But I'm really hoping that she's not going to throw in some wacky ass shit like a threesome or some shit that doesn't fit in this book. Or <laughs> Hunt. I don't want Hunt to get time with her feet and only her feet. <laughs> I will accept the feet over a threesome any day of the week. Okay, though. but who, which threesome are you thinking Suck about? Suck some toes. Huh? What threesome are you thinking about? Is it the one that... Therion? Therion, Hypaxia, and Rune? Is that the one you're thinking mm, of? No, I was I was thinking Bryce Hunt and Therion. Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't thinking that, that at all. That wouldn't make sense. I don't fucking know, no. girl. Like, I just... Everyone's always, like, cr- crying out for threesomes in their books now, and I'm just not having it. Well, why? I get it. I get it. You like polygamy. I understand it. I read Reverse Harems. I mean, I read one. But at the same time... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I read them all. I read one. I read them all. <laughs> but I just... I'm I an don't expert. see it here. In Sarah J. Mass books, I never see it. I mean, it's clear now that the threesome that she was hinting at before was the one in A Quarter Silver Flames, which she took out. So that gives me hope that she's, like, aware that it may be hot, but does it actually serve the plot? Wow, that should be a saying every writer has on their desk. It may be hot, but does it serve the plot? <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's a good motto to live by as a writer right. Um, in terms of, you know, what you want to do. But I also feel like... <clears throat> I lost my thought is what I feel like. Well, what I was going to say is she took it out of that book, which was the book that she was talking about. Because at first, back when you guys were not reading these books, there was a lot of like, oh, is it going to be in Crescent City 2 or is it going to be in A Court of Silver Flames? Because she was writing Crescent City 2 at the time and A Court of Silver Flames was about to come out. Mm -hmm. So people were like, oh, my God, what book is the threesome in? It was in A Quarter Silver Flames. She took it out. Great. Thank you. But I just, I'm scared that she saw the interest. Yeah. And that she might have thrown it in book two. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not here for it. Okay. It just, it doesn't even make sense with how this world is like set up. It doesn't make sense. And like you said, it may be hot, but... It doesn't fit the plot. Does it? It doesn't fit the plot. There you go. Um, <laughs> love me hanging there. 
Um, <laughs> I forgot my own motto. <laughs> you did. But what I remember that I forgot that like this group of people, I feel like they may just be like maybe a small group, might be a large group. I don't know. But I just feel like mm-hmm. they just seem to have the loudest, loudest, blah, 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 the loudest voice. Exactly. That. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, they have a lot alien, of that. My alien dialect came into play here. Right. <laughs> but what I was trying to say is that they may have the loudest voices and might not necessarily mean they're the biggest part of the fandom. I don't know. We don't know. Right. Like, find, find Therion a nice little fish girl or a fish boy i'm i'm not i'm okay with a fish boy too or like an angel uh, a vampire i don't know right right i just uh you know someone that likes their their fish raw you know uh no 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 seth went too far (laughs) she went too far That's enough, Seth. That's enough. Log off. Log <laughs> off. That was the limit. <laughs> that was... No, no. Anyways. Anyways. All right. Are we ready to end the, yeah. epi- the episode? You guys don't have anything else you wanted to mention? No, my notes are all done. Last minute thoughts. All right. Mm. Any last minute thoughts, us? I don't you think seemed so. to hesitate. You did. So that's why I feel like you might have a thought. I don't know. Do you have a thought? Any thought? <laughs> About anything? <laughs> She's like, head empty. <laughs> That's full of raw fish. <laughs> That's enough. End it. <laughs> End the episode. <laughs> we gotta get off. Well, I mean, first off, this was a very long episode. So if you're still listening, thank you so much. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you, there's anything you want to add to our conversation, anything uh, we got wrong or any of the questions that we had that you have, may have an answer for, feel free to reach us online. You can find us on Twitter at the RTM pod, as well as on uh, Instagram at Romance in the Monsters podcast. If you have you know more to say, then you can always reach us on uh, Gmail at uh the monsters podcast at gmail.com and we're also on youtube now so if you prefer uh that format there's also captions on there they're not great but they are there um but if you want uh to find us on uh youtube just search for the, the name of our podcast and you should be able it well i just lost my earring through all of that so i'm <laughs> flustered it just like dropped on my lap <laughs> um if you want to find us on YouTube, just search for the name of our podcast and you should be able to find us. Also, subscribe while you're on there, because why not? Uh, and if you're looking for me specifically, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me as on both Instagram and Twitter at both this book. <laughs> and you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Foes with Woes. And also, please feel free to... Uh, leave a rating or a review on any of the podcast platforms. That's a lie. It's only, um, I always say this, it's only Apple Podcasts and now Spotify that you can leave a review. Um, And yeah, like Em said, subscribe if you feel the urge, like we've earned it, I guess. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.